Have you ever wondered why people don't just listen to you? Yes, often. <laughs> uh, do you have trouble dealing with how much you do for others, but they never seem to like return the favor? Mm. What do these things have to do with your relationship with God and others? Oh, we going to talk about it today because we're coming down your block. We're coming oh. for you today. Um, we're going to get a little personal as we talk about bitter burnout. Stick around. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And our dog is making my nose really itchy right now. I'm like... In case you didn't know, we normally record with our dog in the room. So if you see any shadows in the background, no conspiracy theories. It's just our dog walking around. (laughs) Um, But before we get into anything crazy, Inner Circle, what's up, y'all? Hey! How y'all doing? Hey, we have some exclusive content that has come out to the Inner Circle. So please make sure that if you don't have access to that, you get access to that. Mm -hmm. And And we'll tell you how at the end of the episode. We also got more coming. So so yeah. Uh, Any other announcements? No, Deacon board meeting, potluck, nothing. (laughs) Okay, we're good. No, thank goodness. All right, well, let's, okay, so let's talk about it. Today we were um, trying to just kind of get something tied down on what we're talking about today. Because we had, I don't know if you know this, we plan our our series out. Mm -hmm. um, But we were looking at it and we're like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like we should do that. Well, we went back and we looked at what we'd planned for the next couple of episodes. We're like, what did we, why did we write that? And why did we say that? And what were we thinking toilet. about? What yeah, was that? Was. <laughs> we had this whole, like we had these really good titles, but then mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I remember what yeah. the reasoning behind that was on some of them. And so then we decided like last week we did um, worthless mm-hmm. versus unworthy yeah, and understanding what that means. And, and it was something from our own real experience and a yeah. struggle that um, had come up. And so this time we were like, okay, let's look at, what we had planned. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to stick with this one. I think there's something more that we need to discuss And this, this issue of like bitter burnout is really like, it's becoming such a thing. And I think with our, our past series on, um, on deconstructing faith, Mm -hmm. I think this does tie into that because there's a level of like spiritual and emotional burnout that people have. And there's a level of bitterness that we can have that, that motivates some of those those shifts in um in our faith. Yeah, and I think the the pandemic has had a lot to do with mm-hmm. that as people have started to um come to terms with not having as much community around as people have been more invested in their online persona. Oof. Got this whole meta thing coming out where people are basically going to live online now. Ready player um, 1. It's a lot happening, but I think that idea of bitterness and burnout um has started to feel like regular life. Mm-hmm. Remember like a year and a half ago, everybody was like, well, this is the new normal, the new normal. Um, and everyone's like, I don't know what that really means. But <laughs> it starts to seem as though bitterness is a new normal. Yeah. And it's it's taken root in Christianity, in church. I remember s- just recently being in a church and um, it wasn't uncommon to hear people in the sanctuary being bitter about stuff in their, you know, other six days of the week life. Wow. Um, and just complaining and griping and and that's not uncommon in the church. And Mm -hmm. it's just so it's weird to me that the people of God who have eternal hope and eternal life uh, can feel so normalized being bitter and Mm. operating in burnout. 
Well, it's because we have that eternal hope, but temporally, like yeah, for the immediate, for the, for the right now, for some reason that doesn't permeate. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to go to heaven. Like that's an obvious, it's given. I have the <laughs> ticket. But right now, I'm just really, this is what gets my goat today. <laughs> Let me yeah. tell you about some stuff. Yeah. But that, like, that shows a lack of integrity. Um, it shows Ooh, a lack of integrity dang. in our faith walk because mm. um, what it shows to me, I mean, I don't know where you're at personally, person listening or watching. I mean, you're this. sitting in front of a screen probably. Maybe, That's where you're at. Maybe you're driving. Who knows? <laughs> um, but the idea of your faith not affecting your everyday shows me that you don't truly believe what you say mm, you believe. Okay. Because if, if you can operate in such bitterness, which is not what God has called us to, um, if you can operate without hope and in this sense of, again, of burnout, which is no resources, no internal uh, wellspring of life. Um, but yet you're telling me that you follow Jesus. I, I don't, I don't know if I could believe that. So you're saying if you're saved by grace, you should. Oh, yeah. Tell your face. Yes. 100%. But I, I don't know. I think people don't, don't really get what bitterness is, I guess. Yeah. Well, because it, it's amounted to like, I think we equate like saltiness, like being salty with mm -hmm. being bitter, which there's, I think there's an element of that, but, yeah. but bitterness really is this, it's a, it's like a deep seated uh, anger or resentment. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it kind of stems from a feeling of injustice yeah. at the wrong things. Cause that's usually what it amounts to is like, you know, you get bitter over someone winning something that you feel like you should have won yeah. um, or bitter over someone, um, Usually it's, it has to do with someone else, but you can also feel bitter about choices you've made. Like, yeah. I, I wish I wouldn't have made that choice or I wish I would have done this differently or I would have been treated differently. And there's a sense of injustice oftentimes at the wrong things. And um, an example of that from scripture would be like the parable of talents. Yeah. Yeah. The guys who were um, given the stuff, they were given <laughs> the talents and um, wait, wait, which one are you talking about? The workers in the field? Are you oh about? yeah, yeah. The workers in the field. Okay, sorry, sorry. The, the parable of the talents is one where one has five, one has three, one. Oh has yeah, four. my bad. Wrong, wrong um, parable. The parable of the workers in the field. Yeah, where the guy at the beginning of the day got the same pay as the guy at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy at the end of the day was like, "Hey, how dare you? Not, you know, whatever." And uh, <laughs> how dare you not give me that? It was the guy at the beginning. The guy at the beginning of the day was so mad that the guy at the end of the day got the same amount of money. Yeah. Um. But the the field owner was like, "Listen, you agreed." It was fair. You got a fair day's wages. Don't be mad because I'm generous. Mm. And I think a lot of us get upset over people that get <laughs> blessings in whatever way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And uh, we feel like we've been wronged. Yeah. But we forget that we like that's an accusation against God mm -hmm. to be like, they got more than me, God. So you're wrong. You messed up. Well, and, um, and, and also like whole resentment towards you more in terms of what? Like, that's something that is really hard for us in our like tit for tat society in. Mm -hmm. Like I look at my bank account to determine my worth. I look at mm. what I have like more in terms of love, like definitely not. Yeah. But, um, I, and I also love the story of, of the woman who comes and she breaks that alabaster jar and she starts washing Jesus' feet with her tears. Cece Winans. That's who did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh was, yeah, that's right. It is. Cece's in the Bible. She's in scripture. She um, says it she makes sense because I mean, box. best gospel voice of all time. <laughs> anyway. So, um, but it's that story of, um, when the people looking on this are like, what? First of all, why is he letting this, that kind of woman mm -hmm. wash his feet? Secondly, the disciples, namely Judas, is like, could have used that. Could have used what was in there. Could have Chunk. used that for the poor. And all the while, like Jesus is like, hold on a second, y'all. 
um, this woman has been forgiven much. Mm -hmm. She has like, there's, there's so much has been lavished on her in, in terms of forgiveness and therefore she loves much. Yeah. And there's this crazy like kingdom economics that comes into play when we're like, well, how come they got more than me? Well, hold on a second. Let's, let's think about it. Like what more did they get than you? And what yeah. are you more concerned with them getting more of than you? And what have you given more of, mm. um, of yourself? And so it's, it's just interesting how oftentimes we have that, like that scoreboard that mm -hmm. we'll keep. And, but it's so skewed because even the things that we will measure others up against, we want more grace and mercy for ourselves. <laughs> it's like, well, Stop. <laughs> listen, I don't need you putting my business out there. Um, no, I, I, uh, that resonates with me like a lot. There are so many times, uh, again, parenting just reveals your heart. Like if you don't, if you don't have children, um, just know parenting is one of those things, parenting, money, and marriage. They, um, in that order, <laughs> <laughs> they magnify whatever is already in your yes, heart. Yes. So, um, there are so many times parenting where I'll be like saying something to one of our children and immediately I'll hear God's voice being like, oh yeah. Cause that's how I talk to you. Right. Like, oh, Ooh. no, it's not God. You're right. I need to have I'm more with grace. It. Um, mm. Or like I'll say something very clearly to my children out of exasperation. And it's something that I know God has said to me over and over and over, yet God does it in a way that's not exasperating. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that idea of like I always want more grace than I'm willing to give. And, mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty awesome. And even me, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and if you but, who know how to give good gifts to your children, that's right. Right. Uh, how much better does God do? And yeah. that, that idea of bitterness of, um, they have more or, or like not being able to celebrate somebody Ooh, in their accomplishment. Yeah. Um, it comes, big one. comes from this comparison of like, I don't feel content with what I have mm -hmm. because I see somebody with more. And there's this, um, this, scripture right it's weird it's in the bible uh where, where paul tells us like contentment like godliness with oh, contentment yes. is great gain, great gain. Yeah. and so a lot of people mm -hmm. will say they have godliness um and they're striving for gains yet they have no contentment and so they're they're missing a Get huge portion <laughs> they're missing a huge portion of that equation is like godliness with contentment yeah. is gain, not godliness, godlike-ishness, <laughs> plus... In order to get something. Yeah, plus contentment. pursuing resources will get you contentment. Come on. Like that's, that's not how Come it, on. it... And yet we see other people who are, who are thriving in, in our understanding, right? And whatever, From social media perspective. Yeah, whatever metric we set, mm -hmm. we're like, oh man, they're doing so well. Why isn't my life? Blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> and yet we're not looking at our situation and being like, look at how awesome God has blessed me in this situation or mm -hmm. look how God has prepared me because here's the thing. God mm -hmm. has given you everything through him and through whatever situation you're in to succeed and to prosper in the way that he's called you to. Yeah. I had to make sure I said that right. Um, <laughs> God has given you everything that you need for your situation to prosper. And that's where the yeah. parable of the talents comes from. Yes. Because he gives grace or he gives uh, each gifts according to their ability. Yeah. And according to their situation. Well, and, accord, not, and according to his grace. That's, that's the thing. Right. Like when we start making it about how I'm performing and therefore I'm meriting unto myself within myself, what mm -hmm. I believe I like, we start to, we start to write checks <laughs> that we really can't cash. That's right. We start to like draw on this account that we never set up. We never opened the account, but yeah, I'm like, Oh, I need to, I need, I just need a little bit more from this. Mm -hmm. And the whole time, like what's crazy. We, we use that, like the, the check analogy sometimes with salvation. Like there's a check written for you. It's free. It's free. It's for you. 
you did not open the account mm -hmm. or rather you opened the account and you withdrew so much you could never ever get it back to even zero and yet what god does is he he imputes his righteousness to us in such a way that we have overflowing abundance That's right. in our account mm -hmm. he settles the score and then he gives us so much more than what we even deserve or what we could ask for or even imagine. Yeah. But but what we do is we say, well, hold on, let, let me let me go ahead and I, I got this, God. I, I can take care of it. And then we get frustrated when we look at the account we've made for ourselves, mm -hmm. comparing it to others and what we think they have. And yeah. then we have that bitterness of like, I thought I was doing better. Yeah. And that's not fair. The fairness issue with Christians is really big right now. Um, It's always been big, but it's like, this isn't fair. And you know what's crazy? I think that the person we should always look to uh, Jesus as far as like what's fair and what's not like being crucified unjustly yeah. for crimes you didn't commit. That's kind of unfair. And that's but, the root of our, our faith. Right. And, but from that unfairness, when we look at it from the, the judicial standpoint comes our righteousness and our ability to stand with Jesus at the resurrection. Like the, from that unfairness, we, we gain much. Yeah. So then from unfairness in our eyes, in the world, as, as we're experiencing life, when we experience things that are unfair, according to our metric, mm -hmm. do we really have a place to complain? Do we really have a place to be like, but, that, but I, but me and my, and my rights. And there are some things that we have to look at that, I believe, mm -hmm. and say, well, is that maybe in this situation, am I called to be like Christ? in this suffering that I feel like I'm going through mm, and that's in, such a in, good point. in this mental state of that's not fair. And mm -hmm. I wish I would have gotten fill in the blank. Maybe you need to take up your cross in that moment. Maybe that's a moment where like, you know what, take up your cross and, and suffer through yeah. that a little bit. And I, I, we've spoken on this so many times, but it, it needs repeating. It bears repeating that the, um, the doctrine of suffering in the American church is non-existent. Mm. It is, it is virtually non-existent. Cause I know somebody's like, no, my pastor preaches on it. And he does it well. And I'm sure he does. But in the, the bigger scope of the American church, this doctrine, this understanding of suffering, of entering into the suffering of Christ, of participating in that suffering um, and expecting it, right. Expect mm. like the only reason I'm going to complain is if something happens that I didn't expect that I'm, I'm not prepared for. <laughs> I don't have control over. Yeah. But if you've already understood like, oh, wow, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to. Apparently I just got an accent out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> but if, if you, you're expecting, I got sidetracked. If you're expecting suffering and you understand the doctrine of suffering and, and that that is what we have been invited into when we, uh, literally pick up our cross. Like mm. we're entering into the suffering, the, the passion, we have compassion with Christ. Um, then, then what are we fighting for? Mm. Uh, and how many times That's in good. scripture do we see uh, Paul, Peter, um, anybody being like, well, listen, church, it's not fair the way they're treating us. And so we have to like, no, like even <laughs> Paul was like, listen, if, if I have to suffer, I'll suffer. If it means that you guys will be blessed. Like it's mm. all about self-sacrifice. It's all about um, pouring yourselves into the right thing and focusing on the right things. Yeah. Um, because as long as you're focusing on fairness and you're focusing on equality for yourself, mind you, I'm not saying that as a people of God, we shouldn't seek to better the situation for others because mm. we should. Um, but if all you're focusing on is like what other people are getting compared to you, then you're missing out on a whole portion of mm. your faith. Well, yeah. And I love that you use the example of Paul because um, what was said about Paul when he was called, what was said about him, not to him, 
Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, you, listen, you got to go. You got to go do the thing for this man. Because I'm going to show him how much he must suffer. suffer for my name. And that it's crazy that God says that about Paul, but he doesn't mm-hmm. say it to him. I've always thought, I was like, man, that's crazy. He's like, why are you telling Paul's business like that? Oh, he but had to let him know. He's letting another, another follower of Christ know, like, listen, I'm going to tell you how serious I am about this. Go and do what I said, because he's going to suffer greatly for my name. And then Paul ends up suffering greatly for his yeah. name continually. But one thing you don't see Paul doing is looking at people who have planted churches, whose churches are doing well. or what. Mm-hmm. Man, you know what? That's not fair. I have to suffer greatly for his name. And you're over here, you know, taken out of the offering. Yeah. That's not fair. I don't, now it's wrong. And I'm going to call you out. About, but Paul never put himself in that position of like, this is not fair that I am going through all of this while you're over here. He let them know I am in chains. Mm-hmm. I want you to know the position I'm in for your sake and mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel to which I've been called. But he did not make it about himself. Yeah. That's one thing that is really hard. And like maybe that's a, a, something that only Paul could do. And that's why we have that example in scripture. But it's really hard for us. It's hard for me mm-hmm. to separate that sometimes. That whole like uh, follow me, imitate me as I imitate Christ without making it about what I've been through or what I have accomplished. Yeah. It's really hard for us to do that. But we have to know that separation. We talk about separating the who from the do. Mm-hmm. But also that that suffering that we're going through is not meant to be this like it's not a, a badge of honor, mm-hmm. but it's also not this, this martyrdom uh, among the, the brethren. It's not this like, look at all these great things I'm doing and, and you, I'm you suffering. You mean martyrdom in a, in a self-righteous way. Yes, yes. Not actual martyrdom. No. Yeah, like it's not. Um, Don't make yourself a martyr. Exactly. And that, that leads to bitterness, that idea of unfairness, that idea of um, long-seated resentment towards someone or something, some situation that you haven't. Uh, relinquish to God. And if you're dealing with bitterness in your life, um, there could be, uh, I don't know your situation. So there, there may be major trauma. There may be issues that have never been resolved. Um, but yet you cannot hold on to that bitterness. Like it's just the, the fact of walking in Christ. There's mm-hmm. so much more freedom and there's so much more joy in life when you're able to surrender that bitterness to God mm-hmm. and, uh, and allow his will to supersede whatever our um, plan was, whatever yeah. our a presupposition of the way the world is supposed to work. Yeah. One of the things that I loved about um, recovery ministry and the, the prayer by uh, Reinhold Niebuhr, mm-hmm. he says, taking this world as it is, taking the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. And that's so important for every person, not just yeah. those who are uh, going through recovery processes, because truthfully, we're all going through some sort of recovery. Mm. Um, Amen. But we need to understand in order to fight off bitterness, that we have to take the world as it is not as um, it would have been had Adam and Eve not, mm. you know, did what they did, mess everything up. Um, we have to be like, oh, wow, things are unfair. Yep. Yes. And Jesus yep. told me I'm going to suffer. And Jesus told me that there will be trouble and yeah. there will be trials. So when trials and trouble come, you as, as a Christian, we can't look at the world and be like, what is going on? And Jesus is like, exactly what I told you is going on. <laughs> like the same I, thing that's I, been I going on. I actually said it. It was written down several times. Like you... Wait, did you not hear me when I said it? Because I said it a lot. Um, all these examples through history. Uh, and I think operating in that uh, place of bitterness leads us to burnout. Mm, and yeah, so that's, yeah. we have a bitterness that leads to burnout, yeah. in, sp- specifically in the church. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of people who are not participating in the life of the church. Now, there are other reasons. There are lots of reasons that people yeah. choose to not be a part of, of the church. But I think one of the major ones that we've seen recently 
is this um this bitterness burnout like why should why should i yeah why should i participate well, because i did it for so long and nobody ever said anything or nobody and look and i did all this and then they got credit for it and mm-hmm. but really i should have because i was and also I, I like what you said about like the the expectation like we have this expectation of how the world should work mm-hmm. and that's one thing I, I do love about um this season that we're in i feel like the word expectation has come up a lot yeah. We often think of it as in what i'm expecting from like like in the future, like I have an expectation, like God, I'm, I'm expecting God to move. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a positive expectation. Yeah. We should constantly be having that. And that like anticipation of God doing something amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also the expectations we bring to a situation of how we want people to respond to us or how we want a situation to go. They're often unspoken. Yeah. And I think it's important. This is one of the reasons why prayer and meditating on the word is so important because we need to be able to say even if it's just to God in our quiet prayer time, like, God, this is what I'm expecting. This is what I want. This is what I'm hoping will happen. To say it, to know so that we know, okay, I had this expectation. And then God can give us the clarity of like, that's not a realistic expectation. Or you know what? Yes, expect that. And I'm going to move in that. I'm going to show you greater than that. But when we have these expectations, we keep to ourselves. And then we start to... um, create scenarios based on the expectation, which isn't even based in reality. That's right. Most of our thought life is not based on actual Come reality. On. Um, then we start to project how a situation is going to go before it even happens. Mm-hmm. And then we've set ourselves up emotionally. We start to enter into survival mode. We start to have those like hormonal responses that dictate how we treat other people. And then you have this whole domino effect yeah. to where, you know, we start out here and then five years down the road, I feel so burnt out. I feel like I've given so much and it's not that you gave too much Mm -hmm. necessarily. It's that you gave too much for the wrong thing. Mm. You were putting Uh your energy into the situation that never actually amounted. The the expectation was there and you never stated it clearly. And so people continue to operate in reality while you were stuck back here in that make believe situation in your mind. And so now you've been putting all that energy into that make believe and it never actually made reality Mm, that's so good i i love uh, i love that image that you just painted like the whole time i was going there i was like yeah yeah that's that's what happens Mm. um because this the the idea of burnout what you said is giving your it's not that you're giving too much necessarily but it's that you're giving too much to the wrong thing and that Mm -hmm. what you said yeah all right we're gonna go into that but before we do uh like share subscribe do some things let some people know about this conversation Tag, tag somebody who's burnt out. Go on now. Tag what your you burnt out friends. What, I mean, you just going to sit there and look at me? Come on. All right. Put, tag <laughs> them in there. Don't um, be ashamed. So, so burnout, I remember learning, especially in our self, uh, self-care culture, right? Mm. You don't want to burn out, so you, can, you can't give too much. But being a yeah. believer, we, we operate in an upside-down kingdom. And so the only way that you're able to be filled is by giving. The only way that you're able to know love is to love others. The only way that you're able to experience joy is to be joyful. Like mm. smiling at other people really can change your day. Yeah. Um, shifting the way that you think, that the good things that you think about, you can't wait for something good to happen mm-hmm. before you start to be joyful. The same thing about um, self-care and bitterness and, and burnout. Mm-hmm. When you're focusing on the wrong things, when you're focusing, pouring energy into something with some unmet, unrealistic expectation, mm-hmm. Um, you're not actually pouring yourself out because that's what you've been called to do. You're pouring yourself out because you're investing in something and waiting on a return. Yeah. And when that return doesn't happen, you start to get burnt out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or you're focusing on something that is not your gifting. You're pouring yourself into something that God never called you to. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to do something and it's awesome. You can do it uh, when you have time, but maybe that isn't what God has called you to like live your life for, to dedicate Mm -hmm. yourself to. Um, Because the thing that, I'm not, now hear me. I'm not saying that you never need breaks. I'm not saying that you never need to go on vacation. I'm not, not saying, saying that massage therapy is not important. Come on now. But what I'm saying is if you are operating in your calling and you're walking in God's gifting, um, it never feels like a, a, not never, it rarely ever feels like a burden. Well, it's that, it's that saying, like, if you do what you love, do, do what you're called never to, work a day in you your will life. never work a day in your life. And that like, you know, it's a loose understanding of that, but it's true. Like when you have you have that feeling and I, I've experienced it and I articulated it a few, like it was like a, a couple seasons ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what it is? I, when you're doing the thing that you're doing, that's in front of you, but you have this constant nagging in the back of your heart and your mind. That's like, Oh, there's something else I'm supposed to be getting done. So then mm-hmm. you have that irritation. Yeah. And I, I remember I was like, man, I'm snapping at people. I'm snapping at my kids, snapping at my husband mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with them. Yeah. It had everything to do with my understanding that, Oh, I'm, there's time that I am wasting right now when I should be doing this other thing. Yeah. But then when I actually put that energy toward that other thing, it didn't have to be hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. But when I just put that intentional energy toward doing the thing that I knew I was called to do, suddenly my irritation was gone. Yeah. Bitterness is, starts to dissolve. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, now I'm not mad at you, you know, for talking to me. Because that's how it came out. I was like, why are you upset that I'm talking to you? I'm not mad at you for talking at me. I'm mad because I'm not doing the thing that I know I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm mad at myself. I'm bitter. But when I shifted that and mm-hmm. that, and I think with that, that burnout feeling, because the definition of burnout is like when you reduce a substance to nothing. Yeah. Depleted, completely like depleted into combustion because you've used up all the resources, using up all the resources. If you are good at teaching, if you are a teacher and you, you make lesson plans and you're really good at that, but you're over here administrating other teachers, you're going to feel like, if I could just do the lesson plan myself, if I could mm-hmm. just, and you start to get bitter because, well, they're not doing it. Well, why don't you teach? Yeah. And why don't you let someone else administrate? Because that's another thing. You could be robbing someone else of that, that mm. position of influence because you're just operating in what you think you have to do. And, and we, we understand, um, I think my husband probably understands more than myself what it means to have to have a job, mm-hmm. to have to survive, to have to make money, to have mm-hmm. to like pay the bills, take care of things. Um, I know you've had more experience in life than I have with that, even mm-hmm. before ha- being married mm-hmm. and having kids. But there are some seasons where like, I gotta, I gotta do this thing. And then you have your passion that you pursue when you can. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important for us to remember the focus, yeah. the focus of your energy. Okay. Even though you're doing that somewhat menial job, you think, or that nine to five, that cubicle position, yeah. even though you're doing that and you have to do that, why don't you purpose that? toward the actual calling that you have somehow put Mm. that focus where it needs to be so that you're not burnt out and you're not bitter in your job and you're not bitter about every change that happens at the office because you wish you could be pursuing the thing you love. No, turn that, that menial job that you're doing in your mind into the fuel for your focus, the actual passion that you have. And actually inner circle, we're going to share a story or I'll share a story about uh, how God led me to do that exact thing. Uh, before we walked in ministry. So mm-hmm. if you're part of the inner circle, stick around for that story. Yes. Uh, it will be coming. But uh, we want to wrap up with just some understanding of how this bitterness and how burnout affects you, um, relation, not just relationally with others, because I think you just touched on that, like snapping at other people and, and living in this irritation. 
but how it actually operate or hinders your spiritual growth. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, our children who, which they just, if you're a PK, God bless you. Cause you are a source <sighs> of My numerous examples. Um, <laughs> unbeknownst, <laughs> to unbeknownst to you, to you, uh, you were part of a lot of conversations <laughs> and sermons <laughs> and books. Even there's lots of books written about you. It's true. Uh, so our poor kids, um, that's really what PK stands for. <laughs> poor kids. <laughs> Um, Poor kids. But no, they get used as examples a lot. Just because kids are like raw human, like raw yeah. human nature. Amen. Um, there, there are times with uh, our daughter specifically, because her and I just were so much alike. We, <laughs> we just bump heads. Um, my daughter always wants to explain her side of the story, like her father. And always wants to be like, no, wait, wait, you just have to listen to me first. You can just, if you just listen to me, and hopefully she'll have a successful podcast because she's going to be great. <laughs> um, but one thing that we've experienced is when you spend all that time justifying um, your situation, mm. like our daughter does, it hinders your relationship with your parents. Like there's so many times where I'm like, listen, I don't, I don't even care about your justification for the situation. Like I know it's important to you, but in the end, I'm just like, I'm here for you and I want us to move through mm -hmm. this. We don't need to sit here and dwell on why you think this thing happened and it shouldn't have happened. And or why couldn't. you think you shouldn't get a consequence for it. it. Exactly. Listen, we're going to move through this, but you, you're, you're halting everything mm -hmm. by living in this moment. <laughs> um, and that's what our bitterness does when we're sitting there arguing with God, like, God, no, you just need to listen to why this thing needs to happen the way I want it to happen. Yeah. Um, God's like, okay, move on. Like we're going to yeah. move through this. Yes. That was bad. Yes. This was unfair. Yes, yes, yes. Okay but you're hindering your actual relationship because mm. everything has to halt right there yeah. while you sit in your feelings and feel the way you feel. Yeah, that's good. Well, and honestly, there's, there's times where I, I, I've seen her begin to make her justification and she's very good at it. She's, she's great. Man, she's five. And so like, good. Kid has some, she is, she's pretty maybe good. She's, yeah. Maybe awesome. she will be. That's, that's great. Litigation. Um, but she'll be doing that. And I see her exerting this energy mm -hmm. to avoid consequences to avoid having to deal or have responsibility mm -hmm. take responsibility for her actions and the whole time i'm i'm ready to extend mercy mm -hmm. i'm ready to like i'm like I'm not, i wasn't going to give her a consequence now i want to give you a consequence for arguing with me mm -hmm. and i've even told her that okay sweetheart i wasn't going to even address that that i wasn't even gonna you're not in trouble for that i'm not going to take anything away from you for that now because you're arguing with me and you're insisting on your own way mm-hmm this is going to bring a consequence. Now I'm going to, now we have to sit down and talk about it. Now we have to have a whole ordeal. And it's crazy how many times we'll do that with God. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. And God's like, I literally and quite physically already paid the price for this. Come on. Can you please stop trying to make the crucifixion happen again? Like, can, well, you, can you please stop doing that? That shows such, I mean, just looking at children, looking at us, it shows <laughs> such a sign of immaturity. Because when you can maturely accept the grace of God, because uh, it's so easy to accept the punishment of God, because it, it's it's like because I know the cost. It's hardwired into it. our system to be yep. like I messed up. I got you throw a lightning me. bolt at yep. me. Yep. Um, and so we expect that, but it takes real faithful Christian maturity yeah. to accept the grace of God. Yeah. To be like, man, I messed up. All right, God, I love you so. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. And I'm not saying this in a way to avoid responsibility mm. or accountability because those things are very necessary. Yes, yes. But I'm saying in your own walk with the Lord to be just like um, uh, Psalm 51, against you, Lord, and against you only you have I, have I sinned. 
um, which like David, you're kind of stretching it. Uh, you kind of <laughs> killed a man, raped a woman. Like you kind of sinned against other people too. Yeah. Uh, but like first and foremost against you, like it takes a sense of maturity yeah. to take it back to the cross and understand where true justification comes from. Yeah, that's good. Well, and one question that I have for you, if, if you find yourself in this position and you're listening to this, and you're like, well, do I do that? Like mm-hmm. I would ask, <clears throat> if you have to justify yourself every single time you mess up or anytime someone brings you like, hey, you offended me. Hey, you did this wrong. It hurt my feelings. You feel the need to justify yourself every single time that happens. I would ask you, what's the purpose of the cross? Yeah. What, what is the blood of Christ sufficient for, if not to atone for our sins and to, to give us, like he justifies us. Now, that's not, again, a free pass. So like, well, whatever. Jesus justified me, so I don't have to apologize. What I want. Jesus died. But if you feel the need to justify yourself, for what purpose do you follow Christ? For mm-hmm. what purpose are you submitted to him under his authority? And there's a reason that scripture says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That's right. Talking, so about, talking about God. Um, it seems so simplistic, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Literally setting your mind on Christ on the cross. I will tell you, there are so many times where I am ready to insist on my own way. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to claw and scratch and just, I will dig in my heels to be right, to be justified in this. And then I am shifted to see Christ in my mind on the cross for my sins, for my my sake. And then, then I'm I'm like, well, what am I complaining about? (laughs) Like, yeah. and that's not, and not to use like a Jesus juke, mm-hmm. like, well, just think about Jesus on the cross and then really, you know, are you really suffering? No, it's not that. It's like, what position is your heart in? How do you have that perfect peace? It's not peaceful mm-hmm. to consistently be fighting to be right in every situation. It's not yeah. peaceful to consistently fight for you to get more than somebody else or for you to have more recognition than someone or for you to have the things you think you deserve. Yeah. It is not peace. Peace. Peace, true peace comes from Jesus, like Jesus on the cross for me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have to fight for anything because I'm fighting from something. There I'm fighting is. from a place of, of consistent, effectual grace. Mm. That's good. That's so good. I don't even, I don't think I got anything else to add. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't got <laughs> You left me in that place where I'm like, Lord, your grace is just so good. But, but for the grace, but for grace to know him more. Yeah. Mm. So if uh, if you've gotten anything from this, uh, if this has encouraged you, if this has built you up or challenged you, and you're like, I can't believe Nick's podcast said this. I don't know if you talk about like that. If you have that accent, <laughs> you need to leave us a voice message. Um, we need you to record our next commercial. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. We might. Um, but either way, share this with somebody. Let somebody know about the conversation that we're having. And if there's any uh, questions you have or any comments, um, put them in there. Let yeah. us Let us know in whatever format you're listening yeah. to this yes and we mentioned the inner circle earlier we talked about how we're going to have some uh additional content for them from this episode we have tons of content for them from other episodes mm-hmm. other series we did a whole series that was just for them that's it's right all about sex you should totally listen to it i did um oh, you <laughs> and uh if you want to join that you can do so at patreon.com slash nick smith podcast mm-hmm. if you go to our website there's a link on yep. the website speaking of which we didn't announce this we are going to have some new merchandise coming up coming and a, a merchandise sale on yeah, our website because we've got some merch we need to clear out for our new we merch we want y'all to wear our merch so please do that Same merch okay thing. merchy merch merch <laughs> merchy merch and the funky bunch <laughs> if you get that reference you're my friend oh uh, anyway awesome. so that's that's the episode that's it that's it that's good stuff <laughs> 
Well, this has been the Nick Smith Podcast. We hope you've gotten... No. Nope. Let's try no, it again. Scratch that. We're still trying to get it down, Roll y'all. it back. All right. Here we go. This has been the Nick Smith Podcast. Uh-huh. We hope this episode has connected you... To living truth. Be, be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.